You are listening to Radio Ramadan 365 Podcasts. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you for joining us again with Sheikh Ibrahim Skatima and Sajad Ayyub. Welcome to discourse number 23, Witness. Does this sum up for you the root of existence? Well, it does indeed. I mean, it, um, it's also the, um, it is a source of, it is the first source of comfort. It is the, the, the source of all sources of comfort. Because it means that you're dealing with something which is completely inescapable. Um, he's, if he's one, he an indivisible, he has to be fully present in every moment, in every place. Um, and so, the, you know, isn't half of him uh, here and half of him on the, you know, outside of what I can see? There isn't a half of him now, or a third of him in the in the moment, a third of him in the past, and a third of him in the future. Hmm. He is fully, completely now here always and so it means that that uh, extraordinary intelligence that 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 governs and is sat above all created things the seven heavens you know um uh, there's uh, you know each one being like a ring in the desert of just give the sense of the most unbelievable scale that vastness is completely here now yeah. so it, it it does it, it not only in abstract um, describes the root of being it concretely describes what is what is for me now and it is now it's this in this moment you and I in this conversation, the apparent intimacy of it, the apparent closeness of it, there's this vastness, which is the third partner. Mm. Worshipping means being amazed. We cannot have that um, state based on intellectual understanding. It can only be by direct experience. Please explain what you mean by this. It's kind of the, you know, the informative education and the transformative education, where we take exams and we go to school versus the transformative, where we actually take something back, um, back to nothing and mm. allowing ourselves to be. So I, I, if I forget to talk about this distinction between informative and transformative education, then um, please remind me. Mm. Um, uh, so I, I'm, I'm sure you must have heard the, 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 the metaphor for this, Sajan, before. It's the, uh, you know, who... Assuming there's a person who understands nothing about honey, mm. they've not written a single treatise and they don't understand anything about the, mm. the chemistry of honey, 
but they've they've eaten it. They've tasted home. That's the one person. Then you get a guy who's done all sorts of chemical analyses on home. He's written PhDs. This poor soul has suffered a dreaded disease when he was three years old. And for him, everything tastes like ash. And as a result, he's never even put honey in his mouth. Who knows the honey? Surely, it is not the guy who wrote the book. It is the guy who tasted the honey. Mm. So this is also consistent with the idea. I think it's an NLP phrase, but I mean, it, it is very useful. The map is not the territory. Mm. You know, that, uh, um, uh, and uh, uh, so, 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 I mean, you know, uh, and also the sign is not the reality. I mean, you know, you're driving if you're driving uh down the road and uh you see a sign that points to newton that doesn't mean you're in newton you know it's a, it's a sign if i if we got a, a nice sort of like a carpet sized map of pakistan right and i invited you to come stand with me on the spot where it says lahore so be careful not too far south you'll end up on the wrong side of the border uh, they'll shoot your foot. Uh, I mean, you, you're not in Lahore. You know, you know, so, 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 so some of us are very good cartographers. Some of us uh, produce lots of really interesting maps. I know people who are cartographers of inner experience who've never experienced anything that they're describing. It is like the man who writes a PhD on honey who can't taste. This is entirely possible. And so I'm very nervous when people start to uh, talk about Tassawuf and what we're trying to do on this path as a scholarly affair. I had an experience once in Singapore. I was invited to speak at a Sufi conference. I mean, they're very nice people and they treated me very generously. So. I hope this this doesn't come across as, a, as being dismissive, but it was quite an extraordinary experience actually. Because I I just arrived from South Africa, and it's like a east to west east flight. So I mean, you kind of jet lagged; they're not quite with it. <clears throat> but I had to attend this very important meeting of all the people who are going to speak at this conference. So we we arrive at this house, wealthy person's house. And this, it's like the floor is covered with people. I mean, people sitting on the floor. You know, the huge lounge, lots of people. And right in the front, there's this, this row of chairs with these kind of very august-looking people sitting on these chairs. These are very important people. And I get led by the hand, and I get pointed out a chair. So now I'm sitting on the chair. I'm really intimidated by this. Looking at all of these people sitting on the floor, looking up at me. And then we were introduced as these great scholars. I said, no, no, folks, you got the wrong guy. Sorry. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'm not a scholar. This is not scholar. What we do isn't scholarly. You know, um, uh, it's artisanry. There is a difference. You know, 
it is like the, the, our, our, our endeavor is not bookish, it's pragmatic. Now, that doesn't mean to say you now have to become hostile to books, because that's ridiculous. I mean, that's, you know, mm -hmm. but I mean, understand an illiterate person can know as much about the stuff that we're trying to achieve than, than a literate person. In fact, in our tradition, in the Shadaliyah, there have been a number of really significant sheikhs who were illiterate, could not read and write. This is not a requirement for what we're doing. You know, you don't have to be literate to be able to, you need to be literate to be able to write the treatise on honey. You don't need to be literate to be able to really understand the fine nuances in taste between different kinds of honey, you know. Mm. So, um, my sheikh, Sheikh Mamun al-Basir, the fascinating story spoken about that family, that, um, uh, in, in every generation, they, they, they ask for one blind person. Because that person will have basira, they'll have insight. Mm. And there's, so I was told about a few of these people of that nature in that family. Not one of them was scholarly. The one man, you could give him sand from anywhere uh, in from anywhere in the Sahara, anywhere, and he will tell you. You put the sand in his hand; he'll feel it. He'll tell you where it comes from. There was another man who became very, who became the top. Di he wasn't a doctor. He didn't have any education in medicine, but he became one of the top diagnosticians at a hospital in Casablanca. He would walk past somebody and tell you what's wrong with this person. Nothing learned from books. So there's a way of learning, which is, uh, which is about direct experience, uh, which isn't scholarly in character. And people of Tasawuf are people of that ilk. They're not necessarily, there's nothing wrong with, I was not to say there's something wrong with reading, and, uh, you know, but this is not going to do it for you. Mm. It is practice is going to do it for you. It is, it, is, it is tasting the honey, exploring it. It's the real first-hand experience is going to do it for you. That is very subtle. Sorry, <laughs> I, I thought I muted it. <laughs> no, no, you didn't mute it. I didn't hear it at all, but it is, um, I'm very impressed. Very well. <laughs> it looked like you were, it was hard. <laughs> Having a problem. Uh, <clears throat> Right, so, so that's the game that we're in. We're in the game of, of not map making, we're in the game of, of, of exploration. Mm. Mm. Witnessing the eye and the heart, can you tell us about what this means and maybe even how to achieve this? Um, you say that again? So witnessing with the eye and the heart, can you tell us more about what this means and maybe even how to achieve this? Hmm. <clears throat> so, so, I mean, we have kind of, I, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't know how to say more than what we've already said. Um, uh, because it's really, it is, um, 
it is about you know allow, allowing the filters to to be removed yeah yeah so uh, to see things as they are and not mm. to see your prejudices and and presumptions that you've been educated to see mm. um uh, and that actually speaks to that um uh the 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 thing we moved on from this transformative as opposed to in where i don't know if this is my distinction or dr nadim's distinction but uh informative and or trans tra transformative education mm, mm. you know i mean so there's there's one way of being educated mm -hmm. which is you know sort of taking content from the teacher to the learner yeah. There's like you the tabula rasa, it's all in my head, and I need to take the stuff that's in my head and force it through your ear into your head. You know, um, I mean there's a little bit of violence implied in that, I suppose, you know, kind of like it's also not entirely respectful. But in the, I dare say that there is a part of education that has to be like that, you know, that is about a you know a, a transferring of, of information. But then there's another way of being of learning which is really Socratic in character, which is basically helping the person to get out of their own way. To, to And it's, it requires a lot more finesse, and it's a lot more subtle, mm. but it basically allows what is there to become apparent rather than to force what is in your head into the head of somebody else. That's transformative. And any knowledge that is true knowledge would, is, 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 is born by that second experience. You know, it's like, I mean, if you, going back to the honey example, I mean, if you, you know, it's one thing seeing the difference in text, well, this honey has this, is like this, and like from that part of the world, it's like this from this one. But actually, there's nothing like tasting it. Hmm. You know, and, and, and in a sense, the, the, for you to really give the taste full attention, You've got to stop talking about it to yourself. You've got to really allow it in, experience it. So in that sense, they are opposite endeavors. They are mutually exclusive endeavors. You, you know, you, you first have to, you, you first got to be in the forest, then you get out and then you draw the, then you draw the, the, the chart. It's almost like it's really difficult to be the cartographer and the adventurer at the same time. You said that our practices are about shutting out our internal dialogues, shutting down our internal dialogues, suddenly going into a, like a cold bucket of water, similar to the Wim Hof, seems quite Islamic. What do you think? <laughs> I think that's true. I think there's a, so, so I did, I mean, I indicated before that, uh, you know, if you look at mystical experience, um, mm. they're, they're, you know, Generally, what happens under the aegis of Tasawuf is 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 incrementalist and, and not extreme. You can get really extreme. I mean, you can get um, so the the Inuit they did like really. I mean, they put somebody on an ice floe for thirty days, put them in, an, in a little ice hut, and give him a single piece of meat. And if he hadn't died, he would have had a vision. Okay, I was literally that extreme. So um, a lot of uh, shamanism has really extreme initiatory rituals. So, so you can get to um, uh, this experience of the closeness of the divine 
by doing very risky, very extreme stuff. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I think that there's this thing of being immersed in cold water, it's true if you've had the experience. You, for, I mean, it, it, you talk about having a super clear head. I mean, for the first uh, five minutes or 10 minutes afterwards, you know, I mean, you don't have brain space to be concerned about, um, you know, your breakfast or, uh, you know, the, the bills or whatever. I mean, your consciousness is completely rooted in the moment that you're in. So these are useful practices. Yeah, and, and I, I, I do think you can, you, they're the, the things that one can work with. Mm. That's another thing I think is important about Tassawuf generally. You know, why is it that the, the Tassawuf of East Asia, of Central Asia rather, looks shamanic? With the with the bodrums and the drums and the 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 duff mm. and and on the other hand the 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 tasawuf of South Asia looks Hindu and the tasawuf of West Africa looks African you know and 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 there, I mean I hope not to get somebody cross but but the elements of the singing of the tasawuf of Anatolia which sounds Greek Orthodox. Similar sounds, similar cadence, you know? Well, because that's what we are. We Sufis are the world's most shameless plagiarists. We steal everybody's stuff. Um, you know, our, our, our concern isn't, uh, you know, can I find the exact place in Quran and Sunnah where this thing is referred to? Does this thing work? Mm. If it works, I'm gonna, I'm gonna paint some Arabic on it and I'm gonna use it. That's perfectly legitimate. Perfectly, perfectly legitimate. That's why, why our, our tradition has such an incredibly broad scope. It's a vast thing. It has all sorts of practice. It's been worked on for, 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 for one and a half millennia. It's been highly developed as a piece of technology. You know, there's some amazing stuff in it. And it's strength. It's not weak because of its diversity. It's strong because of its diversity. It's not weak because of, the, of its inclusive because of its inclusivity. It's strong because of its inclusivity. It's it's not weak because of its its um, kind of uh, uh, its non prejudiced nature. It's strong because of it because it has allowed us to assimilate stuff that works, pragmatic stuff that works for a very long time. What do you think about salah? when folk are thinking about their bills and family disputes and um, not working things out, that isn't shutting down the internal dialogue. Mm. On this path, one has to be very careful of guilt. Mm. Um, and um, because you're dealing with uh, superobitary stuff, I mean, you, there's a, the inner work mm. you know, don't give yourself twice the amount of reason to feel bad you know oh your salah is not good enough. for heaven's sake the guy's doing your salah at least he's on the masala it's not acceptable because you were thinking about the bills i mean really you know uh, what do you want him on this masala so so okay so it's useless i'm not even going to get onto the masala you know so so mm. one must be very careful not to play angels and devils with this with our endeavor it's an incrementalist approach. And an incrementalist approach means that there are going to be times where you will be distracted. You know, this is gonna happen. And to think that's not gonna happen is naive. You know, 
um, uh, but then there will be other times where you won't be that distracted. And there'll, there may be, be two rakas in your entire life that are the smell of the garden. And that's good enough. Those two rakas vindicate your life. You can't have those two rakas if you didn't have the mm-hmm. 500 that were like quite amazing and the 5,000 which were absolutely boring. Mm-hmm. We were thinking about the bulls. You've got to show up. You've got to appear on the masala. You've got to bring your nonsense with you on the masala. I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to come with you. You know, so 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 to have an extreme view of this that well your 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 salah is not really valid because you think of it, that's that's not helpful. What so is helpful? Sorry. So I was just sorry, I was gonna say, so when you're on the masala, so when you're in your salah and you've got these thoughts going on, I've got the bills, I've got this going on, or and then you're trying to so what you're saying is continuously have those thoughts till you get to the point of that utopian feeling or that that sense of uh, this is my purpose i've done this five thousand or ten thousand times yeah. now i'm at that point of exactly mm. now, now now that doesn't mean to say one can't do deliberate work mm. to make your salah better because yeah. you can you know but one shouldn't have an on off switch in your mind is the metaphor. Either I've got internal noise, or I haven't got internal noise. You know, I'm, I'm completely present in the, the, the here, silent in the presence of my Rabb, or I'm absent from my Rabb because I'm worrying about the bulls. Viewed as a dimmer switch. So you can incrementally become quieter and quieter mm. in your Salah. And how, and how one does that is you, you give attention First of all, to the physiology of your salah. What does it feel like? You know, your, your feet on the masala, your, when, you, when you go over in the ruku, your, the feeling of your hands on your knees, you know, and stop in the posture to feel the posture, you know, to kind of give attention to all of the physiology that's associated with this, the feeling of your head on the, uh, on the masala, the feeling of your hands on the masala when you're in sajda. And also with all the dhikrs that you do deliberately connected with your breath. So uh, whatever you're saying, subhana rabbi al-adeem, you know, so maybe uh, subhana rabbi on the out-breath and al-adeem on the in-breath or the opposite. It doesn't matter how you do it, but connect the actual recitation with the rhythm of your breathing and the rhythm of your movement on the masala. Because that just adds a level of complexity that soaks up bits of attention that could otherwise end up down a rabbit hole, uh, you know, worrying about the bulls. Make it complex enough so it holds your attention. Not too complex so that you feel like, now, you know, this is too much. I mean, I'm, you know, just, just the right degree. Just enough to keep your attention engaged in the moment that you're in. That's what I found to be most useful, but uh, but then also to accept that sometimes they're going to be better and sometimes they're going to be worse, and that uh, the the issue is that in that sense there's there's no such thing as a wasted uh, salah. Um, it's all part of a journey. It's an incremental journey. You'll become quieter and quieter over a period of time. You'll have more and more pleasure out of your salah 
over a period of time, just stick it out, show up. You know, so, um, uh, the, that's the other side to this issue of having the, the casino idea. You know, I've got to do one crazy big thing and then my life will be fixed. No, your life gets fixed by increments. And what your part of that is showing up, consistency is absolutely the key to, to inner practice. Absolutely the key. Don't do huge amounts, do what you can consistently. On that note, thank you very much again. And salam alaikum and join us on the next discourse. Listeners, you are listening to Millennium Discourses. We will be back tomorrow with another topic. We would like to thank Etsko Skatema. Till tomorrow, Allah Hafiz from us all.